You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 111. In this episode, I'm speaking to Kimra Luna about her journey from the freedom hackers to the sacred mama. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Kimra Luna, personal branding expert and online business strategist who became known for growing her online business from zero to $1 million in only 15 months. I got to know Kimra before she started her online business and have enjoyed watching her grow her business and inspire online entrepreneurs from around the world. You'll find links to Kimra and show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 111. I'm so excited to be here with Kimra Luna and be talking about her business journey and also how we got to know each other originally and super excited to be here on your red sofa. My red Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're here in New York. Um, I saw you the last time you were here too, so it's been great to be able to actually see you in person because we've known each other online for years, you know? So, um, So yeah, and I've loved watching your journey and, you know, your podcast is so good too, so I'm glad to be on it because it's such a good podcast. But yeah, so we've known each other since we met in B school, right? We met in B school. I did 2013. And I joined in 2014. And that group really just has such amazing people in there. And it's funny because I actually didn't really pay much attention to the program. (laughs) I was like so busy in the group, like finding cool people like you. And like, I met like Laura Husson and Rachel Luna. And I met a lot of people um, that I'm still really connected with now through that community. And I think it's kind of funny that a lot of people, they just mainly use the community to build relationships. And that's what we did. We were able to meet there and, and, and watch each other grow and stuff. And I remember when you, when I was, um, you started selling all these webinar recordings. I was like, oh yeah, I love that. And I remember, cause I, I would sell them like maybe one off, but you had like a whole vault of them. And I was like, oh my gosh, like see, see is so cool. She has this whole vault of webinars. It's amazing. <laughs> cause I, you know, I love webinars, you know? So I was just like, that's awesome. <laughs> well, we both love webinars and uh, that's how I saw you get started. Basically mm-hmm. you yeah. started doing webinars. I started a similar time. And I don't know who went first, yeah. doesn't matter, yeah. but you were doing this webinars and it went so fast. What do you think that kind of, was it that because you're so good at building relationship in groups or? In the beginning, it definitely was the group relationships. I have been building groups for over nine years. Mm-hmm. And so I really know how groups work. And when I started with Facebook groups, even before I even had my current business, I was kind of known as a go-to person of like showing how-to stuff. Mm. And people would like tag me on a post. Like if someone's like, oh, how do you do this? They would just tag my tag me. And I was just like, okay, like I guess I'll make a video and show you how to do it, you know? And I, and that was back when I had like a mommy blog before my current business. And 
And so, yes, I've always been a big networker in groups. And I know when I first launched my business, it was groups was a big part of getting people to come and attend my webinar presentations and to connect with people. And people would post in the groups like, oh my gosh, her webinar was so cool. Like hers, they would like be sharing the replay links like in the groups. And, you know, like I feel like groups is definitely a major, major part of my business. And I still have um, currently own my Freedom Hackers group, which, you know, now it's like, what, 42,000 members, 43,000. It just, it grows so fast. I can't even keep track most of the time. I'm like, whoa, a big, and it's funny because whenever I do like a podcast interview, there's always a big influx of people joining my group. Um, so I always know when a podcast was released because I'll see a bunch of new members and I'm like, oh, there must've been a podcast released today. Then I go check my email and someone's like, oh yeah, we released your interview today. Um, so the groups have always been a major part of it. And and when I was first starting, you know, I, I started my Freedom Hackers group in May, 2014. And I started doing webinars when there was only like 30, 40 people in there. And I just started asking, hey, what do you guys want to learn? And I started doing them every single Saturday. So my my ex, he was like working, you know, during the day. And the only time I really had to work my business was weekends because I was a, mo- a stay-at-home mom and I had my two, my two older boys. And, you know, it was like, I just did webinars because I knew I can show people my expertise. And because I was self-conscious when I first started because I was like, who is gonna listen to me? Because I had this mommy blog and all those people listened to me about mommy stuff and like vegan recipes recipes or whatever but I was like who's gonna listen to me about business and so it was quite terrifying like my first webinars oh my god they're so bad when I look back at them now Um, but you know we all start somewhere and even though they were bad people were still reaching out to me saying hey I would love to hire you as a coach you know I would love to work with you further do you sell any courses like people just really wanted stuff from me and I wasn't even selling anything on the webinars I was just like hey like I just want to do webinars and see how this goes it was kind of like my my test to see if people really wanted what I had to offer and it turns out it did um you know I was in business for three months and I launched my signature program be true brand you which actually we're not we're not launching it again um because I'm re I'm structuring a lot of things in my company right now um as I'm going through a divorce and things like that but I developed that program based off of what people were asking me, what my clients were asking me, what my community was asking me. And so I just put together this big humongous program and I just was like, hopefully people buy it. And it was $1,200 at the time, which was very big for me. Like I was scared to even ask for that much. And after students started getting into the program, after people enrolled, everybody kept saying like, no camera, this needs to be more, like you charge too little. And so now it's a $2,400 program. But, you know, I really wanted to to create something just good for people that was high quality. That was what they really needed. And that's always been something I, I just care about because I feel like there's so much fluff out there and so much like, it's like there's information overload. And so I wanna make sure I'm a person that like, breaks things down for people. So it's just the information they need and not more, you know, they don't need all the fluff. They just need to know like, this is how you do it and then just get it done. And that, that might be my style. Other people have different styles, but my style is just like, here, click here, do this, do that. Ta-da! You know, like that's, that's the way I like to teach. But yeah, it grew very, very rapidly because of webinars. Webinars have been the main thing that has grown my email list over the years and free mini courses, like free like little courses, doing challenges. Those have grown my list a lot, but webinars has definitely by far been the biggest thing that's grown my list. But it's something else about you, Kimra. And it's not just the blue hair. And now it's purple. Purple. Yeah, it was blue back then. Now it's purple. It changes. It changes. Yeah, because a lot of people can do webinars and a lot of people can teach how to do online business. 
But there is something what I have always admired about you is willing to take risks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big risk taker, um, sometimes to a fault. Um, sometimes I'm too risky, I do admit that. But I think because like the way I was raised, I was raised in a very abusive home. I was disappointed like just basically every day by my whole family. And it made me really discover like, you might as well just take risks because nothing could be worse than what happened to me before. You know what I mean? Like nothing could get that bad again. So I, it's made me become like, it, I'm really, really easy at taking risks. I do need a bit more of that logical part of my brain to work sometimes. And I'm like, come on brain, just have some logic um, in here. Um, but I feel I'm a pretty unrealistic type of person, but I think that's been able to give me unrealistic results is because I am unrealistic. I'm just like, you know what? This is going to be amazing. Like, let's just do it. Let's see how it goes. And then it just turns out awesome because I just, I believe that it will. And I know that I'm just serving and giving value. You know, a lot of people, even other people's webinars, I'll watch it and they'll tell people, oh, I'm going to teach you this and give you all this value. And then I watch it. And I was like, you didn't teach me anything, you know? And I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to be the person that just really taught and did something out of the ordinary. I strive to be unique. Um, as you can tell by the way I look, you know, I grew I grew up in a small town and I was the chick with a big pink mohawk in high school. And, you know, um, and actually I posted some pictures of that um, not that long ago, but I had this huge pink mohawk and I'm from a small town. So it's like obviously I stuck out like a sore thumb, um, but I like to be unique and I like to take take those risks that other people aren't willing to take and a lot of people have they started following in my footsteps so to speak they're like oh well Kimra does the launches this way so I'm just gonna do it exactly that way and and I feel like you can't do things that way yes it's good to have a process but I feel everybody has to make their own process. It's mm -hmm. like no process that works for one business is gonna work exactly for another. We all have different personality types, different strengths. I'm a really big idea person. Like if I come up with an idea for like a webinar, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this webinar's gonna be amazing. I can literally make the landing page right then and there and host the webinar like three days from then and just get it done because I'm, I'm a quick start. Other people, they need a lot more time than that. They need to really calculate it. They need to. They need more of the details. And to me, I'm just like, I don't even need details. Half the time when my I have a webinar, I have the slides aren't even finished until like three minutes before I go live. You know, like you know, like I'm just like I'm just just do it. You know, and so I I don't need to do things perfect. And I think that's another thing that's really made my brand stand out is like, I don't care if it's perfect or not. One of my launches I, of my Beach Brand New program, we did a $750,000 launch. I was pregnant, right? So I'm like hugely pregnant. I didn't, when I would look at the computer screen, it would just like, it was melting my brain. Like, like I just didn't have the energy while I was pregnant. And so what I would do is I wrote up all my information on my phone on an Evernote like document. And then I would go on my computer when the webinar started and I would present the Evernote document. Like I didn't even make the slides and people were just like, oh wow, like you didn't even make slides for this, blah, blah, blah. I said, I said, yeah, because I'm pregnant and I didn't feel like making slides, you know, like this is my business. I could run it how I want to. And I think when you, when you teach them a way of allowing people to just have the freedom to do it the way they want to do it, I don't feel there's a right or wrong way. I mean, I know this one woman who every month she's done a full moon like meditation thing every single month for like five years. And she uses this one same exact like webinar software. She's done it for five years. She's been able to grow like on her live streams on there. There's over 40,000 people on their live wow. every single month when she does this. And she just built it just because she just wanted to build it that way. 
She doesn't even grow her email list. She doesn't even care because she's so popular on that platform. She's just like, it doesn't matter. I go on there once a month and there's going to be a crap ton of people on here. And she sells candles and like crystals and like all of this stuff like while she's on there live. And it's, she just does it her way. Yeah. You know, she didn't need to follow any rules. And I remember watching her years and years ago and just like, wow, like she just does it however she wants to do it. And I think that you have to find what works for you. And that's why I created Be True Brand You in a way where, yes, I show people how to do things, but then I give them the flexibility to do other things. I teach multiple ways of launching, ways that, to launch like, hey, you want to make some cash quick, launch this way. You want to do this really fast, launch this way. If you want to take the slower route and slow methodical, let's do it this way. You know, so I like to teach multiple types of ways of doing things so that people can pick what's best for them. It's like, choose your own adventure. You know, like, which way do you want to go? And like, let's see what happens. And sometimes it might be a complete disaster because that's what happens in business. We all have failures. I've had webinars where no one signed up for anything or bought anything. I'm just like, what the hell just happened? You know, like the universe is not on my side right now. Like what just, what just happened? You know, and I just always feel like, you know what? I can always just do it again or do it better. Or maybe my audience just didn't want that offer. So it's always like there's a lot of lessons to learn. But if we don't go out there and just do it imperfectly, because it's never going to be perfect anyway. It doesn't matter how hard you try to make it perfect. There's always going to be something that messes up. So if we just get out there and get past that and just start getting out into the world, it makes it so much easier. Because now, you know, it's like I could just hop on a webinar tomorrow, you know, and just be like, hey, like, let's do it. Because I've done it so many times and, it's, and I know it. It's like part of me. And I feel like, especially people that are raised in the United States, if you go to public school, we're not really taught to master anything. You know, and so there was a few things that I really wanted to master. I really wanted to master webinars. I really wanted to master doing live streaming and presentations. I really wanted to master Facebook ads. Like I still do my own Facebook ads. I don't even hire that out, even though I could hire it out. I still do my own because that's something I wanted to master and be amazing at. And there's still things I want to master. I really want to master copywriting. I'm still not amazing at that. And so I want to spend the time mastering it. But we're not taught that in school. We're taught like, oh, just whatever the teacher says, you pass it on the test and it's done, whatever. You got, you got an A, ta-da. It's like, you got an A for memorization. Like, you know, like it's like you don't really learn and then you don't learn how to master. And I feel like when you're an entrepreneur, you do have to find those skill sets that you want to master and be amazing at because then you could hire other people on your team to do the other things you're not a master at. You know, no one on my team could do the webinars the way I do, you know, um, maybe someday I will have a business partner who does the webinars with me or something like that. But as of right now, that's the thing I'm a master at. But guess what? They're a master at making the graphics. They're a master at doing the landing pages They're, you know, so let yourself become the master at your craft. And I feel like that's something that it's kind of like a message that not a lot of people talk about. They don't talk about like be amazing at it, you know, and just keep doing it until you're that amazing where people where everybody's going to notice you because you're so good at it, hmm. you know, because skills are learned, you know, and I think people might get frustrated when they come online. They might think like, oh, I don't have all that pizzazz that Kimra has or whatever. The thing is, is I'm an introverted person. I'm not actually extrovert at all. People think I am because, you know, I'm do things like this and I'm like on a video and I can be OK, but I'm not. You know, I'm, very, I'm, I'm much more shy and reserved. And I just know that I want to share a message with the world. And so I decided to be good at that. I decided to do that. And actually, we might have to move the mouse for a second here <laughs> to make sure. Oh, maybe click. There we go. 
Okay, it's still recording. Okay, good. <laughs> We're just making sure we're still We're recording. recording a video at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're recording a video and the audio, so we've got to make sure um, the video is still recording. But yeah, you know, I feel like I decided to master webinars, and so I just kept doing them, I kept doing them, I kept doing them, and I'm still getting better at them. But I do know that it's important to have a skill and master it because that's what's going to make you stand out. And it's the easiest way to make yourself stand out is if you actually have a talent, you know, and like I said, talents are learned, skills are learned. And then all the marketing and all those things, those are just other bits and pieces that go along with it. I totally agree. You know, that's the reason I did over 100 webinars and now did over 100 episodes. Yeah. Yes, podcast episodes. 100 podcast episodes. Yeah. Love it. Yes. <laughs> but there's another thing. Where does all this self-confidence come from? Honestly, I don't know. Um, I get asked this question quite a bit. I've been asked this on, I don't know, probably 40 or 50 podcasts. Like, Cameron, how are you so confident? And I, it's very difficult for me to know where it comes from because the way I was raised, I shouldn't be confident at all. You know, I was called stupid every single day. I was told I wasn't going to amount to anything with my life, which even still sometimes I'm like, it's, I, I did amount to something, but I didn't amount to the traditional ways of it, you know? But I do feel like I just knew that there was something more for me. And I knew that I've always wanted to just help people and by doing that that's what makes me confident because i know that i can help people i know like if somebody sits down in front of me and they tell me what their skills are and what they want to do i can be like hey i can help you with this i can help you with this i can help you with this like let's do this let's get it out into the world and i think just because i know i have a knowingness that i can help people that's what gives me confidence and i've also spent a lot of years working on personal development work i started learning about personal development when i i mean i did read one personal development book when i was in high school but it didn't really like stick. Um, I mean, it was good for me, but it didn't like stick completely. But after high school and I moved to California, I was traveling with a lot of punk bands and stuff and I was really, really, really depressed. I had really, really high blood pressure, you know, and there, I needed some changes in my life. Cause I was like, I'm like, why am I like 20 years old with high blood pressure? Like this doesn't make any sense. And so I, cause I was just overstressing myself. And so I ended up meeting my, my now, my soon to be ex-husband. And when I met him though, 11 years ago, him and his mom, my mother-in-law, she, they were really into personal development and they taught me what the secret was. And so I watched the movie, The Secret with my, with my, with my husband. I, I saw it for the first time and I was just like, my mind was just so blown. I was like, I can create my own life. Like, this is amazing. Like, and I had already done pretty well at creating. I had already had a, a successful career booking concerts and I was able to travel around the world and I, I loved what I did. Like, I didn't, I didn't care if I was sleeping in a van. It didn't matter to me. Like, I was having fun and I enjoyed what I was doing. But I really feel like without like learning all the personal development, you know, I wouldn't be where I am now. I do know that that definitely has helped with my confidence, with my self-esteem, because, you know, 11 years ago I was raped. I and this was, that was a few months before I met my my husband, before I learned what the secret was. Um, and it was very hard because when you start taking responsibility for what you've created in your life, it was really painful for me because I was like, wow, like I actually attracted a rape to happen to me. I actually attracted horrible people that would do that to me, you know? And so it was really hard to take responsibility. But once I started taking responsibility for my life and for what I created, then things started getting so much better for me. And I was able to start healing. I was able to start learning about forgiveness. I didn't even really know what gratitude was. And it was funny because on a, a recent interview, someone asked me about like gratitude. And, and I remember that 
telling my my ex because you know I'm reading all these books and they say oh you need to focus on gratitude and, and the feeling of gratitude and I didn't know what gratitude really felt like because I wasn't raised in a home where they were like oh I'm so grateful for you and giving you a hug you know like I like I didn't really know what that feeling was and that's how low my vibration was you know people now would see me they'd be like they would never think that of me but I didn't really know how to be grateful for things I didn't know how to show appreciation to other people I didn't know how to show appreciation for even the things I owned like I just didn't know and having that personal development really I mean it just opened up everything for me and now I am able to focus on gratitude and I have a gratitude journal and I have a different page for each person in my life and I every day I try to write at least one thing that I'm grateful for for them sometimes it's a repetitive thing like maybe I'm like oh yeah you know I really love how my kids are so creative and and I that's something I admire about them like how creative they are you know so I really like to do that sort of thing but I didn't even know that like I didn't know what the feeling was and that was something where I had to learn I had to relearn what good feelings actually were and once I started learning learning that you know things just I was able to start healing I was able to start you know shedding and letting go of so much things from my past and you know that's definitely a pivotal part that makes me be more much more clear on my message be more clear on like how I want to be into the world who I want to serve why I want to serve people yeah so personal development is like everything and to me if, if you're not working on yourself you're basically you're basically going backwards you know if you're not if you're not growing you're dying and so I'm very pro personal development and pro you know grow grow as a person become a better person every single day because that's the only way you're gonna have real happiness it doesn't matter how much money you make or anything like if you're not growing you're not gonna be happy and that's one of the reasons you're maybe pivoting or actually adding yes. a second business. Yeah, so I am starting a second business, which I don't even know exactly what the business model of that business is going to be yet. But so I have my current business, Freedom Hackers, which has all my, you know, online business trainings and all that sort of stuff under that umbrella. And I recently just launched a new blog called Sacred Mama. And, you know, Sacred Mama is really about all the other passions I have inside of me, um, whether it comes to parenting and mothering, which now parenting is a little different because now I'm divorced. So parenting is a little bit different um, because, you know, the kids are kind of back and forth with you know parents and things like that with each other um so but there's a lot of topics i really want to talk about that have to do with like my own healing journey because a lot of people have asked me like how did you get through so much stuff and the thing is is i don't have exact um like strategies like it's not like oh i i started writing this exact mantra every single day and it changed my life it's more like stories it's just like and so i have all of these stories inside of me that have never been out into the world and i really feel if someone if anybody listening has been following me for a while they might think oh camera you have this very raw vulnerable authentic story and i just have to say people haven't heard nothing yet you know there's so much more depth inside of me and i had been wanting to launch sacred mama like two years ago but i was like no you know i need to build what i have and it and i need to make sure that that gets a solid foundation but now I'm just like you know what that's stupid I should have just launched it two years ago but anyways I waited and now it's finally here and I'm going to be doing a series pretty soon I'm teaming up with a relationship coach and we're going to be doing a series that talks about like mother like single mothers and dating and like how that world is so different because here in the U.S. over 50% of mothers are single now 
which is a lot. And now myself, like being in the dating world, it's kind of, it's kind of scary. You know, I had a boyfriend recently who, who, you know, we ended up breaking up and a lot of it had to do with like the responsibilities of kids and he's not used to having responsibility like that. And so I think we live in a much different world now when it comes to dating at 50% of mothers. I mean, that's a lot of women in our country who are single mothers and trying to navigate the dating world. And I definitely don't have the answers to it, but I do know that I want women, even if they are single mothers to be, you know, sexually empowered, to be just empowered in general. And I, I think that, you know, it's time for people to start having these conversations. And so Sacred Mama is going to be bringing up some conversations might be kind of controversial, uh, but it's really just a conversational sort of thing platform. I don't really know exactly what the money is going to be for it, like how it's going to make generate money. But I definitely know there's going to be like a podcast with it. And I really want to interview people that, you know, with relationships, parenting, especially like different types of parenting stuff, because, you know, I really believe in being a very conscious parent. And, you know, there's, you know, all these old fashioned ways of parenting where people are very manipulative to their children and I'm like completely the opposite of that and I want to be able to to share pe- with people like how I've been able to navigate the world when the world parents so differently than I do and you know I want to talk a lot about healing how to help people heal through trauma and like I said I'm not the expert so I'm gonna I want to like bring people in like I'm I'm a master at finding the people you know um, that have the answers and that's something I've always had as a very strong gift of mine and that's the same reason why even with my freedom hackers I really just wanted to I want to bring in the best people to to help people like I said just have these conversations and really dive deep within themselves so that they can have true healing and true happiness I feel a lot of people just aren't happy and you see it online everybody is bullying each other people are so vicious towards each other um they're not empathetic towards each other even recently when you know the harry weinstein thing or whatever was going on and all these women are accusing this guy of like you know harassing sexually harassing them and raping them and all this stuff you know i decided to post publicly for the first time about being raped and you know because i've been raped 11 years ago and i've been able to heal from that i don't feel i I don't feel like it holds me back in, in any way at all but i do know that there's so many women that they haven't been able to get any help mm-hmm. they've never been able to share openly it took me 10 years before i even shared with my husband you know so it was something i kept inside of me for so long and you know my friends didn't know my family didn't know nobody knew and I think, you know, it's finally time for us to, because once we say it, that's what makes it heal. It's healing to yeah. finally get it out. And everybody gets it out in different ways. Everybody shares their stories in different ways. And I remember when I, I shared mine, there was, and I didn't even share the full story. I just kind of mentioned it. And someone said, well, you know, like you should call the person out who did that to you and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, that causes women to actually have more fear. Um, that's why a lot of women don't speak up is because they're, it was their uncle or it was like somebody they're, they're close to. You're more likely to be raped by someone you actually know than you are to be raped on the street by a stranger. So all these women have all these fears and I, and I want to be able to have those conversations about how we can be empathetic when some, when something does happen to somebody we know, when, and when we see posts online, how do we empathize with people rather than just be like, oh no, you need to tell your story this way when it's their story to share. It's not yours and so I had someone saying that to me and I and I replied and I said this is the exact reason why women don't say anything 
is because of what you just asked me. Like you're trying to say, I need to call out the person that did that to me. Well, actually, if I call them out, it's going to hurt other people's lives. And so that's why I don't want to, you know, and I feel like it shouldn't be a woman's responsibility to call out who assaulted them if they don't want to. But they should be believed when they say, hey, this is what happened to me. And so there's a lot of these conversations that are just really coming up, like even in the media and all this sort of stuff. And those are all things that I want to talk about because I feel like, you know, myself, the reason why I didn't say anything is I felt no one would empathize with me. No one would understand me. No one would believe me. And I want to be able to create like a safe place where people can share those sorts of things. So we'll see what happens with it. You know, I don't know if I'm going to create maybe like some sort of membership or it's just like we just have like our little sacred space where women can, you know, share and mothers can share and connect. I don't know if it's going to go way, way, way down parenting route. Like I really don't know, but I'm a person who I'm just saying yes to whatever opportunities are kind of coming for it and I've already been able you know people have already been wanting to interview me about it and you know all this stuff like people really are like hey Cameron like you need to start talking about this stuff um because it's all the things that are inside of me that are topics that you know I I really just want want to get off my chest I guess they're just things inside of my brain and inside of my heart that needs to come out and I'm super 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 excited for it and like I said I don't know how it's gonna make money yet but It'll eventually make money. Yeah, uh, you'll figure it out. It, yeah, I'll figure that out as I go. That's how I work anyway. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I can't sit down and write like, a, oh, here's my five-year business plan or whatever. I'm just like, like that just doesn't work for me. Um, so I'm going to go with the flow with it and just do what feels good. And, um, you know, I really hope that it just attracts some amazing, amazing people, amazing community of people that want to want to have, you know, these conscious conversations that, that need to happen in the world in the world that we live in. Yeah. You've mentioned this before, you know, when we met last mm -hmm. about, uh, you know, your healing journey, but also the parenting style that mm -hmm. you have. Can you tell, like, I am here at your home and yes. uh, <laughs> your children are here around. So how, how, how does a day look like with your with your kids around? Yeah, the day is very interesting with us, um, especially, it, I mean, it depends on the day. Like today I had a webinar. So obviously I was like telling people like, hey, keep these children quiet in the other room because uh, I had a webinar earlier. But, you know, my youngest son, he's special needs. So he actually has a therapist who's here for four hours a day, Monday through Friday. Um, so that's been interesting. That's only been only the past like few weeks actually. So that's like a new thing for us. So, so Steve, the therapist is always here now. So Steve's really, he's really great. And then, um, with my older boys, I do homeschool them. So, um, with the older boys, they have certain, you know, like an hour and a half, like every single day with like each of them where me or my ex, you know, works with them with their math and science and their reading and writing and such. Um, so they don't actually don't do a lot of schooling, but the thing is, is they're really freaking smart. You know, my oldest, actually both my older two boys, they were reading by the time they were two, like just opening books and reading. So they're very, very smart kids. Um, so we kind of have like an unschooling is what it's technically called um, type of thing that we do in my home. And then on Fridays, we have Science Friday. So Fridays, we spend the day either like going to museums or, you know, just doing things like, you know, watching videos that are just about science types of topics that they really like. My oldest son's really into anatomy. 
And so I really like to to just go down the path they want to go down and like kind of allow them to like lead their own learning. And that's been a really interesting thing because, you know, I definitely get some criticism about that because my kids have never taken tests. They've, you know, they don't, they've never taken, you know, they've never had to like, oh, you got 100% on this paper or, or not. You know, they've, they've never had that sort of thing. And so some people might think, oh, how are they going to go to college and things like that? But the thing is, is even if they go to universities, universities actually want kids that learn this way because when they get into school they enjoy learning so they actually are better students Um, because I want to make sure I don't take away that shine of learning from them because I love learning I'm such a huge lover of learning and I don't want that to ever be like pressed out of my kids so that's one thing and then another thing too is like we don't believe in you know like any sorts of harsh punishments you know my kids have never been spanked in their lives they've they've never had us you know just like screaming and yelling at them I have there I did have a time where I was really struggling with like yelling and raising my voice and I'm a person who you know definitely has PTSD um, and definitely has anxiety and there's no real books or real content out there that talks about like how to parent when you have PTSD like I'll see these articles that are like oh how to stop yelling at your kids and when I read it I'm like this is from a perspective of a person that was never traumatized before, yet a large majority of people have been traumatized before. Mothers and fathers um, have been harmed in some sort of way, either when they were children or even as adults. And, you know, how do we allow ourselves to not allow our things of our past, like our junk, how do we make that not go on to our children? And um, that's something that has been something I've been working on even since pregnancy from my first son. I read every like stacks and stacks of parenting books. I just went to the library and got all of them. And I just read all of the parenting books there were. Some of them definitely didn't resonate with me at all. But then I started discovering there's peaceful ways of parenting and peaceful ways of communicating. And I, you know, I definitely know I have struggled with things, but I wanna be able to, to share with people like authentically, like, how it really is to be a parent and what the struggles are when you are a person who is having to heal at the same time. Because my son, he's eight years old and I had only been into personal development for about two years at the time. And I'd still never had therapy at that point. I still like, because I couldn't afford it. So it's like, you know, I still had a lot of things I was working through. And I want to be able to, to talk about that on my Sacred Mama blog. I want to be able to bring awareness that there is a more peaceful way to parent um, kids. I know in some countries, I'm sure, you know, where you guys are from, they probably don't even allow you to yell at your kids. It's probably illegal. (laughs) Um, But like here in the United States, it's like you hear people screaming at their kids on the street, you know, they're like in a cafe and you can see how embarrassed the child is and how hurt they are on the inside. And then the parents aren't like apologizing to them or telling them like, oh, you know, I'm sorry for treating you that way or anything. And so that trauma stays inside of them because trauma only gets resolved when there's an actual resolution. And if you just keep traumatizing them over and over again, which yes, yelling is traumatizing your child because it's scary to have a person who's bigger than you yelling at you. You know, if that cycle of trauma doesn't end, then the child just keeps keeps that on with them forever. And that's why there is so much bullying in schools. That's why there's so much depression, um, especially with kids 
kids, you know, 10, 12 years old. I mean, they're committing suicide left and right. This is ridiculous. And it shouldn't be happening. And I know, and especially countries like where you're from, that doesn't happen as much. It's very rare. And that's because they have a much more peaceful way of parenting. And I feel like it's finally time for like here in the United States, like we need to get peaceful parenting as like the norm. And, you know, parents being very conscious about what they're actually saying to their children, because what you say to them, it sticks. I know because I was abused as a child and and some people might think, oh, well, you were physically abused. I don't physically abuse my children. Well, the words actually hurt far more than the physical abuse did. Far, far, far more. And when you're yelling and screaming at your children, I, I get nightmares from being about being screamed at from my own from my own mother, you know, so. I know that that stuff sticks. And so I have raised my kids and I've been very, very, very conscious about it. And then when I do make mistakes, I apologize. I tell them how much I love them, how much I care about them. And and I feel a lot of parents, they don't like to admit when they've done something wrong to their kids. Um, and I feel it's time that parents start doing that because that's the only thing that can keep our kids to have good relationships when they're teenagers. We wonder why our teenagers rebel so much. And the reason why is because we gave them things to rebel against. And I, I have um, some family friends who, they're actually from um, England, and they raise their kids in a very, very peaceful way. They have two kids who are around my age. And um, when I became friends with them and then I became friends with their parents too, I just noticed how the parenting was different. And this was before I even had kids. And I remember noticing like, what's so different? And and I remember the dad telling me, he's like, oh yeah, our kids, they never really you know rebelled against us. And I said, why? And he said, we didn't give them anything to rebel against. <laughs> you know, like we were very go with the flow type of family and we allowed them to, you know, pursue the gifts and the things they wanted to pursue. You know, we never, we never shamed them for wanting or desiring certain things, you know, and we never purposely humiliated them. And, you know, it, it made so much sense why they had such a good relationship with their parents. I was like, I was like, I can't even talk to my mom, you know, like, because our relationship was so bad. And I see them and they have such a loving relationship and all this stuff. I was like, how is this even possible, you know? And so I, I you know, asked them questions. Like I said, this was before I even had kids because I was just so curious, like, how can you raise kids where they actually have a good relationship with their parents as adults, you know? And, you know, I, I feel like we just, we're finally in a, in a space where you know we really need to it's okay it's recording the camera's still on so it's recording um but we're really in this time and space where parents we need to be so much more supportive because i mean with the internet there's so much violence there's so much things that kids are exposed to now that they normally wouldn't be exposed to you know nowadays i mean even the news is so graphic you know and we live i live here in new york city and you know the kids like they they hear their kids talking about like oh my gosh like some terrorists attacked some people you know down in south man you know lower manhattan and like you know all this stuff and the kids hear this stuff and it is scary to them and and here in, um, especially because I live pretty close to Times Square, you know, the police officers have like machine guns and all this stuff. My kids are terrified of guns. They're like, oh my gosh, they're like, you know, wanting me to carry them and hold them because they're so scared of, because they're like, why would they have these weapons and stuff? So, you know, kids are exposed to much different things now. And I think it's it's time for us to teach our kids empathy and understanding and, and explain things to them rather than just 
assume that they know because something that might not be scary to us is very scary to them. And I've noticed that especially with my with my five year old, he like he'll be acting like all of a sudden just be crying, and I'm just like, what, what's happening, you know? And something is like so scary to him, and I'm just like, oh, like I didn't realize that was scary, but it's because he just maybe doesn't understand it or get it. And so once I explain it, then it's not as scary to him anymore. But I think a lot of parents, they just start, they just ignore their kids, and then they expect the schools to raise their kids, which. Obviously, a teacher can't raise your kids and teach your kids morals and ethics and and empathy or anything like that because they're so busy with so many other kids. And so, you know, it's time for parents to really step it up. You know, I feel like the reason why there is so much bullying in this world is because the parents are bullies themselves. They're bullying their kids and then their kids are going to school bullying, you know, and even the way the parent is behaving, they might not think it's bullying, but oftentimes it is. Um, and so there's just, like I said, a lot of these conversations that I want to bring out, like on my sacred mama blog on like how people can just tweak like little things and how they talk to their children and communicate with their children and have a relationship with their children. Cause yes, you are the parent, but there's a relationship there. You know, it's not like, Oh, you're just dominating over top of them. And that's how most parenting books teach you to do. They like, Oh, don't let your kid control you. When a kid doesn't wake up every day and think, how am I going to control and manipulate my parents today? They don't think that. They're just being a kid and they're navigating life and they're just trying to seek happiness just like the parent is trying to seek happiness. And so I think there just needs to be a lot more conversations around this. And there are some websites and stuff that do talk about this, but they're like so on the hippie end of things that people don't take it seriously, you know? And so because I'm just like, you know, like regular punk rock mom, like I think that a lot more people, they might, they might listen to the stories that I have to share because I definitely have a lot of things where I just... I'm like, wow, like, like big aha moments that happen when just in regular conversation with my kids that I'm so shocked at, but I'm so grateful. My kids, they, they feel so open with me. They feel they can be honest with me. And I, when I was a kid, I was not open and honest or anything with my family because I was terrified of them. And we, if our kids are terrified of us, they're, they're not going to respond to us well, and they're not going to have a good relationship with us. So yeah. I have a lot I can talk about on that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so I'm super excited when uh, to see more from your sacred mama. Do you think your kids will become entrepreneurs? Um, my oldest son wants to start a YouTube channel, so I, he doesn't want to start it for money though. He wants to start it so he can get lots of followers. He's all about the followers. <laughs> yes. He's just like, oh my gosh, he like asks me all the time, mom, how many followers do you have on YouTube? I'm just like. I don't have a lot of followers on YouTube. I don't post on there very often. He's just like, oh, okay. Well, Dan TDM has like 16.5 million followers. I was like, that's great. He's been hardcore YouTuber for six years. Of course he has that many followers. But, you know, he's all about the followers. So um, he wants to start a YouTube channel. He wants to um, talk about Minecraft on there. He also wants to do dance videos, which... Okay, cool. Whatever you want to do on your, your channel, do whatever you want to do. And so I think I think they'll be entrepreneurial. I don't know if they'll for sure be entrepreneurs as they grow up. Um, I know, like I said, my oldest son, he's really into anatomy and the human body and things like that. So I don't know, he might be a doctor or something. Both of the, both my older two boys have came to me specifically and told me that they wanted to work for NASA so they could go to the moon together. They wanted it together. Oh. So, okay. But I was like, well, that's okay. That's cool. You could also work for Elon Musk. That might be cool too. So you, you never know. Maybe I'll have astronaut kids. And I actually met a woman whose son is an astronaut. And I was like, that is like my dream come true. Like, it's amazing. But, you know, whatever path they choose, you know, my oldest son, he's also a musician. He also plays... He also does like mixed martial arts and stuff. And he, you know, maybe he'll be an MMA fighter when he grows up. 
I really don't know. It's really, I feel like when we give our kids options, they get to choose the path they want to go on. And, and I don't really believe in like having like any pressure on them to, to do any sort of thing. Um, cause you know, maybe they like art this week and then, you know, a few months later they don't like it anymore. Okay. Whatever. Do something else, you know, because even as adults, we don't just have one career. You know what I mean? Like I was in a group earlier today and people were talking about careers and one woman, she's like, oh yeah, my husband, these are all the careers he had. And she like labeled out like 10 different careers he's had in the past 15 years, you know? And she's she's like, nobody sticks with just like one thing anymore. And now because we do have the internet, it's much easier to educate ourselves and get different skills and like learn different things. And we could literally be whatever we want to be. Some people, yeah, they want to be a shoemaker and they're a shoemaker for the rest of their freaking life. Some people, that's their type of way they are. Other people, they're more they're more flexible and they move around careers. And it's it's common now for people, for especially young people who are in their twenties, to like move around to different types of careers to kind of figure out what they want to do. Yeah. And I think that it's it's kind of cool we live in that. And my kids, you know, we'll see we'll see what happens with them. Um, maybe they'll be these amazing entrepreneurs. Maybe they'll be inventors, which inventing is pretty cool. I wish I was an inventor. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm clever enough to be an inventor, but I I do think that they they will be something really really amazing and my biggest goal for them is that they are they grow up in a way where they understand how to treat people kindly that's really my only goal for them is like hey like let's treat people in a very kind way and just help people and just love people and I think if I can raise them that way then I have achieved what I needed to achieve as a parent (laughs) because I feel like you know like I said you know our society has a lot of people who are very mean to each other and I think it's time for that to stop Hmm. it's just time for it to stop and so hopefully we can raise a whole generation of kids that are finding like hey kind is like my son he has a shirt says kind is cool you know because I think it's it's finally time for that and he's been bullied a few times actually at the playground by like these older teenager kids or whatever and and it's it's just really interesting because he's he obviously you know he knows MMA and so he he didn't try to fight them or anything but it's still like he it still hurt him so bad and you know and he doesn't go to public school so he doesn't get bullied obviously near as much as other kids do because he's at home with us obviously you know we're not bullying him all day (laughs) so but yeah I feel like you know he's he's very conscious about how people treat each other and he knows like I didn't want to be treated that way and he tells people and I think there's kind of two parts of it it's like as a person who gets bullied we need to learn how to stand up and then as someone you know who is raising kids how do we raise them to not be bullies and to not you know say vicious things towards each other and I think a lot of parents especially now with social media they're not monitoring what their kids are saying on Instagram they're not monitoring what their kids are saying on Twitter and you know I see these teenagers posting just horrible horrible things on people's YouTube videos telling people oh you're so ugly you're fat saying all these horrible comments and I'm just like man there's no way my kids would be allowed to say that sort of stuff ever like you don't say that to people and um a lot of these parents they they're not monitoring any of that and it just became like this big free-for-all and then we're wondering why you know we have so much depression in our youth and 
And I think that it's finally time for parents to really step up and be like, hey, we're the cause of this. Yeah. Like with the parents, we've caused it. And how can we reverse this? Because, you know, or else it's just going to keep happening for generations and generations. There shouldn't be, you know, social media bullying anymore. Like it, it, it should be over. Like we need to get it over. So, yeah. So anyways, yeah. So we'll see what happens with my kids. <laughs> so I, oh, I, they're sweethearts right now. So I'm, I'm really, really hoping I do a great job. And, and they remain sweethearts for the rest of their lives. <laughs> I can already see you doing an amazing job. And I feel you are on a mission. I am on a mission. You're yes. on a mission. I'm on a mission because I mean, and like I said, because the way I was raised, you know, most of my siblings can't even function in society. I have two siblings that are they're like okay, but my you know my I have four other brothers who, you know, they don't really contribute much to even society at all, and they're you know on and off of drugs, can't really just can't even really function as people and. Um, I'm so grateful I was able to escape that and get out of that. But now it's made me so much more conscious of like how I want my kids to be raised and and how I want them to to be in the world. So I just I just want them to be happy and I want them to to treat people with respect and and be nice. Yeah, be nice and be kind um, to others. So yeah, this fits wonderfully into your sacred mama mission. Yes, yes, it does. And thank you for sharing this all on the show. This already has been probably my longest episode so far. <laughs> I guess <laughs> Camera has always so much to share. Yes, but... yes, I do. <laughs> but it's been great. Thank you, Kimra. Oh, thank you for having me. Ready to turn your passion into profits? Get free access to the seven stages of a profitable online business by going to signal.com forward slash 111. There you'll also find links to Kimra plus show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give this show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.